My wife and I are different people. Did you guys know that? I am a glass half full person, and my wife is a the opposite <laughs> of that. Um, actually, I'm more of a glass, the glass is completely full person. <laughs> it's not half full, it's completely full. Uh, you know, it's full of uh, maybe half full of water, but it's also half full of air, so it's completely full of something, right? That's how I'm always looking. That's how I'm always looking at it. I just am an optimistic person, um, and that's okay. We can all have our different perspectives, so that's okay. Well, today, today's sermon is called the, the Glass is Full. And I didn't do that because to prove I'm right. That's not what I'm doing here. <laughs> that is not at all the intention, but the glass is full. We're going to look at one verse today, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. Uh, we're going to be uh, really zeroing in on that verse. I was going to do like four verses, and now I've just really narrowed it down. We're going we're gonna, to, like, we were cruising through Colossians, you know, going verse by verse. I did like 14 verses the second week and four verses the, the uh, 14 verses the first week, four verses the second week. Now we're going to slow down to just one verse. Next week, if we make it through one word, it'll be good. Um, so you can know a lot about things. You can become an expert in something. And what do they say? How many hours is it? Nathan, you're one of those, yeah, 10,000, is that what it is? You can become an expert in something in 10,000 hours. Uh, Just no matter what you do, you can, you become, you know, you kind of master it after that long. Or you could get a degree in something that gives you a piece of paper that says you're an expert accountant, right? You're really close to yours, right? Close, okay. It takes years of study to know all about something, to be an expert in something, but you can also choose to learn all about someone, to become an expert on someone. And that can't happen through studying books because getting to know someone is called a relationship. You can know someone for a lifetime and still go further in your relationship, go deeper in your relationship. You can know more about them, even if you've known them your whole life. And a relationship with God is no different. He invites us to get to know him experientially over a lifetime. And then he says that's just the beginning because we actually get an eternity to keep getting to know him. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, that they may know God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So all of eternal life is going to be about one thing, and it's not playing harps, and it's not riding roller coasters. It is getting to know God more, having a relationship with him more. Relationships are very exciting. They're very um they, they grow deeper and better and richer over time. That's what they do. Trials and bad times don't hinder relationships. They actually get better when you go through difficult things together. So we're going to do something. You, this is the interactive part of the sermon. You're going to take one minute and 37 seconds. It's very important, that number. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna 
focus your, either you have a pen and paper or you can text, text yourself. And I want you to write, you can text yourself or you can text me. I don't care. You could text me. That'd be cool. I want you to write a simple prayer. Okay. Take one minute and 37 seconds. I want you to write a simple prayer on a prayer for a deeper relationship with God. A simple prayer for a deeper relationship with God. And if you want to text me, that's fine. If you want to text yourself, great. Or if you want to just write it on paper, that's fine too. But I want you to take one minute and 37 seconds and don't talk with your neighbor, but just a prayer talking to the Lord about a deeper relationship with him. Remember that word relationship. Okay, so go for it. I'll let you know when we're almost done. Father, we've all just taken a moment to write a prayer that we want to get to know you more. And so we, we bring those prayers right to you and we offer them to you this morning. God, the world leaves us thirsty and hungry for something that does not satisfy us. But you are a, a, a great God, a deep God, a wonderful God, a glorious God. And we pray that you'd help us to know you more. Amen. Amen. Does anyone want to share the prayer that you wrote? You have time. This is your time if you would like to. You don't have to. Anyone? Going once, going twice. Okay. You're all very shy. That is okay. (laughs) Getting to know God only happens through Jesus. Getting to know Jesus is the same thing as getting to know God. Okay? That's very simple. So that brings us to our text today, which is Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, which says, For it pleased the Father that in him, that's in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. It made God the Father happy that in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. Let's break that down a little bit. That word dwell here is used in the sense of a permanent dwelling. There's an entirely different word that he could have used for a temporary dwelling place where uh, if Paul wanted to talk about somewhere where Jesus, where, where God's presence was, was for a little bit of time, he would have used a different word, but he used the word for a permanent dwelling. And Paul wanted to emphasize that Jesus would always be the permanent place that God was. And he said he, it's the fullness of God that was put into Jesus. It wasn't just a little bit of God. It was the fullness of God. Everything that God is, everything that God represents and stands for, everything that God could give is bound up in Jesus. It's not in the church. It's not in a priesthood. It's not in a building. 
It's not in a sacrament. It's not in the saints. It's not in a method or a program, but in Jesus himself, a real person. It's like Jesus becomes the distribution point so that anyone who wants more of God and all that God is could find it in Jesus. No matter what culture you're from, no matter what race or nationality or language, everything that God has for us is in Jesus. So what is Jesus full of? What is he full of? The glass is full. So let's look at a few verses around the Bible that give us some more insight as to what God has poured into Jesus so that it would be available to you, okay? God wants you to access quite a few things, and that's what we're going to look at. So in Colossians, just just one page over, in in chapter 2, verse 3, it says, in whom, in Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So that's, we'll start there. It all dwells in him. Anything you really need to know about this life, about your life, about who you are and who he is, it is all in one place, and that is in Jesus. He knows all things, but he also knows the meaning of all things. And that's why there's two words there, wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge means he knows all things, But wisdom means he knows the meaning of all things. He knows why things are the way things are. And we know that he created all things, so he obviously knows how all, you know, things work in this universe, but he also knows why everything is the way that he is. But he doesn't always tell us why things are the way things are, does he? But he knows it. He knows it. And he invites us to know him. He does not promise you that you can know all things. He doesn't promise to tell you why all things are the way that they are or why anything is the way that it is. But he says, this promise, you can know me, Jesus says. You can know me. He knows, and sometimes we're better and safer if he knows rather than if we know. So it doesn't mean that if it's in him, then we get to know everything as well, but we serve and we worship him because he knows everything and he chooses to reveal what he chooses to reveal to us, which is so much grace. He says, guys, you don't need to know why your life sucks. You don't need to know why people have hurt you. You don't need to know what's going to happen in the future. You don't need to know when you're going to die. But you do need to know me. You do need to know my grace. And you need to know me on a deep and intimate level. Because I do know all those things, and I'm holding you in the palm of my hands because I love you. 
That is his message to us. Jesus reveals countless things to us. He does tell us about God's plan. He tells us about your life. He tells us about what he has done. He is a revealing God. In fact, that's why he came, was to reveal God the Father to us. So there's a great freedom for us in in letting go of this incessant need to know why. Why this, why that? And instead, just let him decide what treasures of wisdom and knowledge we get from him. Just seek him in the word every morning. And he will give you treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He will. But you know what? When we seek treasures of wisdom and knowledge in the morning, we, we don't really find them. God has a way of kind of holding back his presence when he knows that we're not truly seeking him. He says, seek me first, and all these things will be added or given to you. We don't have to worry about it. Let him decide what treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're all in him. That's the fullness that is dwelling in him. All right. The next verse we have is just seven verses later, Colossians 2, 9. It says, for in him dwells, there's that same word again, all the fullness, there's that same word again, of the Godhead bodily. Well, there's a weird word that we do not use very much in our culture these days, the Godhead. And that means very simply, all the godness all that God is, all of his personality, all of his power, all of his life lives in and remains in Jesus. That's what that means. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We talked about this last week, that he is not searching for anything else. No, there's no meaning of knowledge that he doesn't have. He has everything already. He has it all, and he chooses to share that fullness with us. He has all of God's joy. Do you know the Bible says Jesus was the happiest person that ever lived? It says he was anointed with joy more than, uh, anointed with the oil of joy more than his fellows, which means he was the happiest person that ever lived. Even though he had nothing, but his connection with his father was the fullness of joy. And he has that joy in him now. Do you know he, Jesus, is full of God's humor. God invented humor. God loves humor. That's why I love jokes. And so does BK. BK is so good at jokes. <laughs> Jesus was a funny guy. He was a happy guy. You know how I know that? Because he was God, and God invented humor. He invented joy, so he's obviously the best at those things. He, was, he Jesus, is filled with all of God's wit, his intelligence, sharpness, all of his kindness. God has so much kindness, and Jesus was filled with every bit of it. 
all of God's love. When people met Jesus, they were overcome, overwhelmed by how much love he had, by the way he would look at them and listen to them and love them. Unbelievable. Filled, Jesus was filled with all of God's patience. How patient is God? He has an infinite amount, and that is where Jesus has stores and reservoirs of patience that are just unbelievable. All of God's passion, how passionate God is. We see that leak out sometimes through Jesus's life, like when he overturned the tables in the temple when they were keeping people away from God. They were keeping people from praying to God because they were causing, requiring them to buy and sell and exchange their money and not accepting it. And it just became a racket. And Jesus's passion, it, it shined through in that moment. Sometimes he would, he would curse death. He would weep. Jesus was a very passionate guy. And because God is very passionate. Some people accuse God of being passive. Why are you not involved in my life? This week I was, I went over to the apartments right back here and I was just walking around talking to people. And there was a girl there who, you know, she's 23 and she's um, addicted to meth. And, and, but as she talked about her life, uh, she, she talked about how she went through so many horrible, horrible, horrible abuse and, and things as she was growing up. And she said, I'm not necessarily angry with God. I'm just brokenhearted. And I wonder, why didn't God do anything? And I felt so much pity and compassion and sorrow for her because God is patient, but God is passionate. And God didn't sit there idly because he was passive. And it's hard to explain that to someone at the beginning when they don't really know God's character. And I, all I could say was, listen, we love you. God loves you. And it was not passivity that stayed his hand. It was not that he didn't care. He cares so deeply for you. And I invite you to come and build a relationship with him, daily start growing in a relationship with him so that he can show you that he really does care. So be praying for her and all the other people in these apartments back here because there's a lot of hurting and broken people in our city, in just this little neighborhood. It's unbelievable. We, Jesus is filled with all of God's passion, all of God's power. Everything that heaven could do for you, it's found in Jesus. And Jesus is filled with all of God's creativity. He can create something new. None of it is something that he needs more of. All of this divine stuff that we've been talking about, it is contained in a body, and that is the body of Jesus Christ. Let's turn over to Matthew chapter 11. It says just Jesus uh, is talking. He says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, 
I thank you, Father. This is Matthew eleven twenty five through 27. Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one whom the Son wills to reveal him. So what is Jesus filled with in this verse? He's filled with relational perfection, a perfect unity with God, his Father. Jesus lived as a man in humble dependence upon his Father in heaven, never saying, I'm doing this all on my own, but he always said, I'm depending on my heavenly Father. And Jesus teaches us to do the exact same thing. He teaches us how to live that same life. Jesus reveals the Father to us and then carries us to him on his bloody back. That is what Jesus does for us. Being wise and prudent seems like good things for people to be. But Jesus says here that God did not reveal himself to the wise and the prudent. God is not looking for wise people and prudent people, or he wouldn't look at us. God is looking for humility. What does this Jesus say? God did not reveal himself to the wise or the prudent, but to little tiny children. The picture of humility. Jesus says there's a better character trait than wisdom or prudence, trying to do things right. Childlike simplicity and humility is the better character trait. That's the character trait that Jesus had with his father. And so that's how we can have a perfect relationship with God as well, is through humility. That is the way to that perfect relationship with God, our father. The next verse we're going to look at is Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So our original text said that it pleased the Father, that all in, in Jesus all the fullness should dwell. And here we see the fullness of God's blessings are in and through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to any blessing God can ever give you or will ever give you. It's through Jesus. There are no other paths to God and God's blessings. There's no other philosophies to success or victory or peace or healing. There's no other paths than through Jesus. Everything heaven can give to men has been hidden 
in Jesus. But it's not been hidden so that we can't find it. It's been hidden in Jesus so we can find it. So that there's no other philosophy you have to go chase. Well, I have to know how to to feed my inner child. I have to know how to heal my past brokenness. I have to fix these things before I can come to God. No, you don't. You need nothing. Because all the treasures are in Jesus. All the blessings are in Jesus. All you will ever need is Jesus. Am I making my point clear enough? You will never need anything but him. And Jesus makes himself available to every person. Jesus is not hiding from you. Jesus is not playing hide and seek, which is a wonderful game. By the way, where's the worst place to hide if you're having a game of hide and seek at the hospital? Well done, Julie. I wanted to make a pro hide-and-seek game, a team for a pro hide-and-seek game, but all the players were too hard to find. Why is, a, why is a cheetah so bad at hide-and-seek? Because they're always spotted, no matter where they hide. Good job, BK. <laughs> Jesus isn't playing hide-and-seek. He's not playing hide-and-seek. What was the one I told you, John, this week about Loki? Yeah. Well, how come Loki doesn't play hide-and-seek with with Thor? Yeah, because he's a Thor leader. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Jesus isn't playing hide-and-seek, which brings us to our final verse, which is John 1.16, which says this. And of his fullness, so we've been talking about his fullness. All the verses we've read today have been talking about the fullness of God, what Jesus is full of, that it pleased the the Father, that all the fullness should be in Christ. So of his fullness, it says this, we have all received and grace for grace. That means God's intention is, is to fill Jesus with everything so that everything can be poured into you by grace. Let's read that, that our definition of grace right over here on this wall. It says, grace is God's free provision through his son, Jesus. As we humbly trust in the person and work of his son, Jesus generously gives us all that we need, yearn for, and all that we are commanded to walk in and become. We could never deserve, earn, or produce this grace on our own. That is how this grace works. God pours everything into Jesus. It pleased God to put everything he could give to you into Jesus so that by grace, Jesus could give it to you. Well, how do I get his grace then, guys? 
How do I get his grace? The two ones next to it. Humility, God gives grace to the humble, and faith, we have access to this grace in which we stand by faith. It's so simple. Jesus says, I have everything. Paul says in in our verse, in our text in Colossians, Jesus has everything, and Jesus wants to give it to you. He wants to give you it all. Jesus has every intention of sharing what he is full of with you. It pleased God to fill Jesus with all of his fullness. And it pleases God more to pour out all of that fullness on you. There is no reason why you should ever lack for joy. Or ever lack for love. Or ever lack for meaning. Anything that you, that you feel the lack of, anything that you are not satisfied by or with in this life should not be because God says it's found in Christ and come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will fill your cup to overflowing. Come to me. So when a Christian comes to me and says, you know what? I'm just not satisfied in church. I'm not satisfied in God. God has let me down and failed me. I say, you're a big fat liar in love. Because that's just not true. God can't let you down. God can't fail. God has already succeeded. The only fault when we are not feeling it, when we are not receiving it, who's at fault? Not God us we've just failed to come to him in humility and faith so that that grace could be poured out into us jesus has already made the decision to invite you in and to give everything god has for you he's already decided that now what are you gonna decide to do may i suggest the healing advice that jesus gives us in matthew 7 verse 7 where he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find and knock and it will be opened to you. Oh, but God doesn't do it for me. Liar. No, that's not true. He will do it for you. Don't call God a liar. This is God's word. He said, I will open for you. I will give to you. I will reveal to you. Seek him and you will find what you're looking for, what you need. So let's pray. I have a few things that I want to pray for. I want to give us a chance to respond to his love and his gifts by waiting upon him. You guys can come up. The worship team is going to come up and just get ready to kind of lead us. But we're going to pray for a little bit here. During our final few worship songs, We have communion available right over here to celebrate all that Jesus has done. So if you believe and you want to celebrate what Jesus has done uh, for you and you want to receive it, then just come up here by all means and and celebrate with uh, crackers and juice, which represent his body and his blood. At the beginning of the service, I asked you all to write a prayer of a deeper relationship with God, for a deeper relationship with God. 
Father, we want more of you. Father, we want more connection with you, and that's only found through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Father, we want to go deeper with you. We want to go deeper than the shallow American typical relationship where we just ask you for money and ask you for blessings. We want to go deeper where we share in the fellowship of your sufferings, where we share in the joy of knowing God, where we share in the deep things that you know about your Father. We pray that you would reveal those deep things to us. Jesus, we want to be more genuine with you. Not acting like what we know we're supposed to be, but genuinely bringing our hurts, genuinely bringing our doubts, because you are not scared of our doubts. You're not intimidated by our hurts. You are a fountain of living waters. You can meet our needs and you can answer our doubts. Help us to be more genuine with you. Father, we pray that we would have a more active faith. That we would trust you actively by pursuing you in the mornings and in the evenings and all throughout the day. That we would believe and know that you are right there with us. You see everything that we do. You see our successes and you see our failures And you have nothing but consistent love and provision for us. God, we pray that you would give us more obedience. We pray that we would obey your word and your will. I pray that you would not only reveal your will to us, but you'd help us to keep it. I pray that you would help us to praise you more. When things are good, that we would lift up shouts of victory. And when things are bad, that we would praise you for your faithfulness that we have not yet seen. Help us to praise you more. God, I pray that we would adore you more. That we would be filled with a deep adoration of you that we would truly consider you better than anything going on in this world. I pray that you would give us more understanding where we need it, that we would understand your will, and that we would understand our gifts and our calling. I pray that you would help us to be less emotionally led and less feelings-based, but more faithful and humble. Pray that you'd give us more patience, that we would not be in a hurry and rush through our time of worship and praise and seeking you, rushing through our relationships daily. I pray that you'd help us to be more thankful, thankful for the good blessings and thankful even for the difficult challenges. I pray, God, you'd help us to be less distracted, that our mind would be 
like a like a castle that does not let unwanted intruders in but god that we would control our thoughts that we would give you the first fruits of our mind god i pray that you would help us to be more grounded and more steady and not easily shaken by the circumstances of our lives. Help us to be more generous, giving to those around us that are in need. God, I pray that you'd help us to be more thoughtful, that we would not be just simply led by our emotions, but that we would be thinking using the mind that you gave us, surrendered to your will through the Holy Spirit. Help us to be wise and knowledgeable and live our lives in such a way that honors you. God, we love you, but not nearly perfectly and not nearly as much as you love us. Break us in your love. Heal us up in your love and provide for us all that we need, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.